All My Love, stories of hope, support, and inspiration from a birth mother. A podcast brought to you by Adopting.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of All My Love, stories of hope, support, and inspiration from a birth mother. On today's episode, I have a pretty cool friend with me, so I'm just going to let her jump in and introduce herself. Hello, my name is Hokulani Ellis. I've known Emily for years, through high school, middle school, in and out. We met for reals, for reals in LDS services when both of us were pregnant. Um, Emily chose to parent, and at the time, I was choosing to parent at the same time, so we had that in common. Um, both of our kids are a couple months apart. And basically, I don't know. I always thought that I was going to parent. So I just knew right off the bat, there's kind of no hesitation or question. I just felt it. So at LDS Family Services, did you ever think about placement or adoption? Did you learn anything about it? Or did you just kind of sit and listen and go home and like, mm, this is my baby and I'm not going to do anything about it. This is my baby. Yeah, I think I think, uh, I think it was like a friend of mine. Um, she was like, yeah, you need to go there so you know about your options. And before I was like, yeah, I'm going to parent my child. So I went there anyways. I learned a lot about adoption. I learned a lot about open. I didn't know that there were open adoptions and like closed adoptions and just the whole I thought it was like, okay, you give up your baby and that was that. And there's some like terminology and, you know, the way you say like place your child or, you know, that was huge to me. Mm -hmm. That's like words do carry a lot of meaning. So that was big and learning about the different stories and how everybody's relationships can be different. It's not like by the book. So that was really cool. Yeah. I ended up just parenting. Um, I was a single mom for a little bit. And then I met my husband and had three, two more babies. <laughs> I technically had three more babies. Technically but... had three. Okay. So <laughs> that was like the perfect segue though <laughs> from your introduction. So I decided that I wanted to bring Hoku on and speak with me because when I tell people about placement, even when I was pregnant, talking about my plans to place post-placement Anytime I would run into anybody and they would bring up adoption and placement, some of like the very first words out of their mouths are always, oh, I'd love to be a surrogate. I've always wanted to be a surrogate. And for me, like as a birth mom, it's kind of hard because I'm like, bruh, I didn't choose to get pregnant with this baby. Like, (laughs) obviously there were actions involved that got me to a situation there, but also, you know, sometimes situations you don't have a choice, but like, I kind of take a little bit of offense when people are like, I want to be a surrogate. And I'm like, well, guess what? That's cool, but that's not relevant because I'm a birth mom. So why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) I think there, along in terms of just knowing the language of Mm -hmm. like adoption and also like getting into gestational care. I, there was a whole language. I was, I was saying I wanted to be a surrogate mother, surrogacy, 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 whatever. But what I wanted to do was to carry an embryo, somebody else's DNA, sperm, egg, totally separate from my body. And what I've learned is that surrogacy, traditional surrogacy, is when there is a different sperm, sperm of one of a family, or maybe they even have 
you know, a sperm donor and it would have been my egg. So, so basically it would be part of my body, my DNA Mm -hmm. with somebody else's. And then I would, with the intention of just handing them over the baby, like Mm -hmm. this is their baby with my DNA. So yeah. So surrogacy is technically your egg, somebody else's sperm Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the intention of handing them over their baby, what you wanted to do before even so it's like you're planned it's and intentional planned. intentional yeah it's Those not are the like <laughs> I feel like that is the biggest thing to get across in this when we're talking about the differences between gestational carrying and adoption um mm-hmm. is that usually in most cases most adoption cases an expectant mother wasn't expecting to be expected <laughs> yes yes and so yes. <laughs> what you it was a choice and so from the mm-hmm. very beginning how do you feel like that feels different from those moments when you found out you were pregnant with your daughter in high school and you know like adoption was an option like it was so different it was complete opposites like everything was so it was sprung on me I didn't find out I was pregnant till close to 12 weeks and everything you know hormones are going on and you're confused you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on (laughs) yeah but also just like knowing that there's your DNA, like your child that you are having to make these decisions for, then going into being a gestational carrier, everything is totally about the family that you're doing. They're deciding, they're, they're paying for all the, like the science and the procedures behind it. And you're literally just there to carry and love this baby and protect them as they're growing through in you. And then you get to, you know, watch them get their baby and that's like the coolest thing ever (laughs) so it it was emotions there's definitely a lot of emotions I love them Mm -hmm. I love baby Mm -hmm. love love her so much but it was more like I'm an aunt Mm -hmm. and that never once for a second it was possessive or mine okay so I think knowing that months months of planning beforehand Mm -hmm. emotionally preparing Mm -hmm. myself beforehand now what goes into all of that what goes into that emotional prep beforehand because obviously in adoption cases unexpected unwed mothers I mean potentially wed mothers I'm not here to stereotype anybody Mm -hmm. but you know like there's no prep obviously you kind of find out you're pregnant and you have that oh shit moment Mm -hmm. and so Explain to me what kind of preparation did you do before your gestational carrying? So it was months of talking to my husband about it. Mm -hmm. And then we found an agency, talked with them briefly. Then they kind of gave us the rundown of you have to go to a psychiatrist and you have to fill out like a personality thing and go through a psych eval just to make sure that this is the right route for us, for our marriage, Mm -hmm. for me individually, for him individually. And then once those are kind of checked out and we still want to mm-hmm. go through with it, the possibilities are always brought up during it. Like the worst case scenario. What if I die? What if like something mm-hmm. happens and you know, yeah. But after all that, it's, it's months of preparing in a lot of cases from what I've heard from like my agency. And they even gave me the option for counseling throughout my pregnancy mm-hmm. and after and I did get some counseling after for postpartum and yeah, definitely. that was so needed. That's so amazing that mm-hmm. they, that you still were offered all of that help and support. Mm-hmm. Like I love all of the similarities between the two, but I also very much respect the differences. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. there's <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. 
then when you were getting ready and you were, I mean, in adoption cases with an expectant mother, we get on websites, we scroll through profiles. So when you were starting this process, were you able to go through profiles and choose a couple or did a couple come to you? Were you kind of, were there multiple hands pushing you guys together? How does, how did you find your couple? My, my, my family. <laughs> your family. <laughs> um, I actually did not look for them. They don't give us the option, at least with the agency that we were working with. Mm-hmm. They, we filled out like a pretty extensive, um, like survey of what type of people that we're willing to work with like what are our views on like just pregnancy in general how we're going to carry out our health or you know what our relationship is going to be like and I think that's kind of the same with adoptive and birth moms what type of relationship that you're hoping for after baby's here that was a big deal like what race if it was a heterosexual or homosexual couple those are the questions that they kind of asked, but then the agency took our surveys and then they kind of matched up with what they thought was best. The people that they have looking for a surrogate, mm-hmm. just say it's carrier. I don't even know why I said that. Word. <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't even said that for so long. What the heck? Oh. <laughs> I love that, 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 like that, that happened though. Yeah. Because- I mean, and I know I'm tripping up on my words because yeah. I mean, even as a birth mom, even as people who know the terminology, like we're not here to just be like, get right. And we're not friends. It's like, oh, even sometimes I flip up, but mm-hmm. let me correct myself. Yeah. So it's not ever coming from like a place of no better. I'm better. <laughs> I'm above you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those terms that like I catch myself saying because I want people to know what I gestational carrier. If I just say that, not a lot of people know, have an idea of what that is. Yeah. So I'm like a surrogate gestational carrier. And, you know, I'm just kind yeah. of like put that as a, but I shouldn't, you know, because yeah. it's, it's different. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah. So the agency, they contact the family and mm-hmm. then they're like, hey, there's this person, if you want to email them or like, write them a letter then we do like a very quick not in person and then we do like a video chat mm-hmm. with the agency so like a three-way chat and then um she kind of gave us the option to email her individually to be like I am feeling this family or I'm not and both of us right off the bat like the second that we saw them we're like long lost cousins like we just knew that they were part of our family already like these are the people I love that that because I feel like that's the same kind of feeling as a birth mom or as an expectant mother, you're not a birth mom until Mm -hmm. post-placement. But as an expectant mother, I feel like that's kind of the feeling that I was looking for when I was scrolling through profiles, trying to find that. But I feel like one of the biggest reasons that I want to bring you on and kind of talk about the differences and the similarities too, is that, you know, I'm not trying to be a bossy person or try to tell people how to run their lives. But like, I truly feel like your child is going to find their way to you and that there are so many different avenues to find that. Oh yeah. And like, I know that this is for adopting.com and you know, this is a a big adoption. It's for an adoption website, (laughs) (laughs) but I also like, I want to be here to be able to provide resources for hopeful adoptive parents, hopeful parents, Mm -hmm. not just hopeful adoptive parents, you know? trying to help them hear those details and hear those differences. And so I love that, that you're able to just yeah <laughs> bring that all out. <laughs> I, I think it is really cool when you just, sometimes it just clicks. 
Yeah, it just clicks. It's Uh just, I struggle with it because I hate the word meant to be because Mm -hmm. that, like, at least in the adoption world, that's like all of my trauma was meant to be for this baby to be here. Mm -hmm. But also like to a certain degree, it really is because once you find those people, you're like, yes, Yes. it's such a painful meant to be like, there's so many things that happen in somebody's life where like, it kind of is meant to be years down the road. Yeah. You don't realize it, mm-hmm. but in the moment it's so painful and so heart wrenching, you know? Mm-hmm. So the term meant to be is, it really is a tough one. Yeah. That's <laughs> such like, that's a crazy term. <laughs> yeah. Ah, like I know it, but it yeah. sucks. It, really it does. Sucks. So then how did it work? You know, when it came time for delivery, um, I know that a lot of birth mothers, expectant mothers you know they have different different things that they like sometimes they want the family there with them at the hospital sometimes they don't want the adoptive parents there until after the whole show's over you know so Mm -hmm. I mean how did you work that out with this family well I knew right off the bat that I wanted both of them there I didn't have any like feelings of wanting to have some alone time with baby or just like wanting any type of like skin to skin right off the bat mm-hmm. just because I was just psyched for them to meet their baby oh. like in my brain that there was no there is no difference like yeah yeah because I mean I'm a huge analogy person and so I just like to explain things in almost the simplest version so that anybody and everybody can understand what my brain is thinking so in a way <laughs> yeah. would you say that like you didn't have that connection you didn't want that skin to skin you didn't want yeah. that instant holding because I mean, these two are the bakers. They put together those ingredients. And like, I don't mean this in any offensive term, but you were the oven. I was definitely the oven. I was and, happy as hell to be the oven. And when you're like, when you pull, pull your desserts yeah. out of the oven, you don't sit it there on the oven or like on top of the stove, right? You take it and you eat yeah. it and you enjoy mm-hmm. it. So like, that's exactly, yeah, that was such a good note. So good. That was, that was exactly it. I was like, I love this baby. Mm-hmm. We are so excited. This whole process is for them to hold her and to love her and to be their parents. And that is like the greatest thing with my children that I had mm-hmm. just to have those first seconds, those first minutes of just really loving them, you know, right as they come yeah. out. And I think that was so special. And I wanted them to experience that. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately with COVID only one of the dads got to be in there. Oh. So we had a video camera. So I had my husband in there with the room with me just uh-huh. for my support. And then one of the dads was in there. He was FaceTiming as he was watching. And then my husband was videotaping so they can have like a record. So the other dad was down in the lobby. It's just so hard when you can't be in there. Oh, really I know. Them. Everything has been so challenging with the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Changes everything. It really does. They're troopers they actually came to utah uh two weeks prior so they could quarantine oh, um and then they just like hung out in utah forever it was okay. good yeah that's awesome all right so then obviously like was there paperwork involved at all because i know that you know with placement we have relinquishment paperwork but mm-hmm. where you were a gestational carrier you're just the oven like, did you have to sign any type of paperwork, any relinquishment stuff? Or was it like, no, this really is their baby from the moment she <laughs> hits oxygen? Yes. So <laughs> with uh, paperwork, there's a ton of paperwork, uh-huh. um, but we do that 
right off the bat paperwork before we even like get things going um basically just lots of like contracts saying this is what we're going to do this is what I'm willing to do if something does if it doesn't work out okay. the first time and then they had their attorneys mine was in Utah um because the laws are different in in the states in between states in Utah so the pa- the paper was basically saying like I had to sign but there was like a time frame so I I was pregnant I had to sign the paperwork saying that I'm pre- pregnant and then like within a certain amount of time I had to sign something else saying that they they were the parents but I had to wait like after the heartbeat mm-hmm. to confirm the pregnancy or I should have looked this up before we started that's this. okay that's but okay there, <laughs> yeah so there's like a loophole so basically all the paperwork has to be done before baby's here mm-hmm. if the paperwork isn't done and I somehow have the baby and, and she's alive and well and, and doing well, she would fall under my name. And then mm-hmm. we would have to do kind of like a transference of, they would have to kind of adopt their own baby. If the paperwork isn't if done. If the paperwork before. isn't done, then they would have to do a different route and have to adopt back okay. their own baby because it would just fall under like my, my mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's yeah so there's like the paperwork before and then there's a period where like they can't track the heartbeat or like they can't so that whole scientific yeah now it's a human but right now it's just cells Mm -hmm. and yeah so now we're like (laughs) waiting so there was a couple weeks where it was like and then and then after that if we didn't get the paperwork in if for some reason I don't know who would want to do that so I mean like if you're going into a gestational care you're obviously wanting to just bake yeah. a baby for them make it bake make, make a baby for them. and then but sometimes yeah they're like some people would just like have that all done and then just dip and then if they were to have their baby without finishing all the paperwork it would they would have to adopt back their baby like they would have they to would fight have to, like legally own. fight for their child yeah a custody battle yeah at least in utah that's custody what it was. battle against an Four. oven uh, right <laughs> yeah that's insane so again i'm not trying to be offensive towards anybody <laughs> you're not all ovens <laughs> i wish i wish i would have like researched this before i came over because yeah i was shocked i was like i don't know why people would do that but yeah no that's nuts okay so then now, I mean, adoption, we have open adoption. Is there such thing as open surrogacy or open gestational carrying? Yes. And thank God, because they're so great. <laughs> they're so great. For the moment, we kind of knew that we wanted mm-hmm. to, obviously in our paperwork, we wanted things to be open. Yeah. Um, I was hoping for like maybe a Christmas card or once a year when she was like her, around her birthday, just like you know, some contact, mm-hmm. but they have like been so good at sending me pictures or videos every once in a while. And I'll, oh. I'll call them share, you know, things with my family. And okay. So every, every couple of weeks, if not more, we're talking mm-hmm. and it's just fun. Yeah. It's fun to, they're almost like other brothers, like, and she's a niece and we're just oh, I love long it. lost cousins just down the road. I love <laughs> it. Okay. So what things do you think we're just going to go back into differences here I'm mm-hmm. not we're not here to like discount anybody's experience we're not yeah. here to say anybody is wrong or right mm-hmm. but for you what do you feel like 
as a gestational carrier, what was easier about gestational carrying than placing? The first thing that pops into my head is um, the conversation we had about our own kids. Yeah. Um, if there's kids that know what's going on in your body, they can see mm-hmm. you changing, growing the baby, and then having to explain what's happening with the baby when it's not going to be here. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is like so huge because, you know, as an adult, you know, what's going on. You made the decisions. Yeah. And to explain that to a child in our family, what we experienced basically put it as that, like I'm the oven. I, I get to cook this baby for mm-hmm. another family. And right from the get go, before Everybody they even knew. saw anything growing before, yep. before, was it before? It was even months before it even happened. It months mm-hmm. like there's shots and things before insemination. Uh-huh. Or what, what, what would they call it? Like an implant? So it's, it's Egg a, implantation? Embryo transfer. Transfer. Embryo transfer. Uh-huh. Okay. I really like, it's the tip of my tongue just keeps wanting to say turkey baster. I had to say it once. <laughs> I had to say it once to get it out. I'm done. I'm not going to say that word anymore. <laughs> I held it in this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, the, the transfer so, date. The, transfer like, day. Okay. Like months before, you know, we had mm-hmm. to do the hormones and stuff. So that was when we started with this is what's going on. Okay. I'm preparing my body to oh, carry the baby for a different family, not not ours. Okay. Um, but we're gonna okay. live it. So I think that is a huge, huge difference. If yeah. There's yeah, just all that prep yeah. with yourself and everybody else mm-hmm. involved. Like you don't. There's no surprises. Yeah. And I think, yeah, <laughs> surprise is like the other huge difference. There's months and months and months preparing, putting mm-hmm. in applications, looking, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, dealing with an agency or even just dealing, you know, I've had people just say that they've linked up with a family member and having mm-hmm. to do this process. But there's also legal work and there's also like deciding mm-hmm. they have to have those conversations before yeah. what's, what's going to happen. So, yeah. Did you have any worries or doubts going into it? No, it felt really good. Like they just felt true, authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we were kind of wanting. Mm-hmm. There are cases where I think in a lot of times where there's people that basically just throw the money at a gestational carrier. They're like, do all the work, deal with the doctors, whatever. And then we'll just be there when the baby's born. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's the way that they need to emotionally prepare for this, or mm-hmm. that's the way that they handle it, and that's fine. That's yeah. what they do. But in our, my case, we wanted to have this connection with family and that's what we had. So I hope that like an adoption, that's so much more intimate. Mm-hmm. It is your baby. You yeah. know, you want to make sure that they're going to a safe home and you yeah. want to like see what their home is like see yeah. what their parents are like and so would you say that like with your with gestational carrying what you were doing your choices everything that you were doing was for the parents of that child mm-hmm. rather than for the baby thinking about how do I make sure that this baby's life is the best that it can be? Yep. I think so you like put that you, perfectly. Like you don't have time. to, you don't have to think that like, I mean, obviously you're growing a whole human for somebody, but like your, your responsibility in that matter is literally baking. Just, yeah. Just trusting my body to do what it trusting does. Trusting your body to do what it does. And then because it's not your yeah. DNA, it's not your, you're like, mm-hmm you're just it's like you're plugged in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right like, like you're not gonna be concerned about a light socket if you're plugging that in to make light 
But if you're trying to grow a plant that you planted from the seed, like you're so much more emotionally invested in like, uh-huh. and then, yeah. Okay. Huge. Yeah. Huge difference. It, it really is as much as I cared and love for this baby. Yeah. Was, I don't make the decisions for her. Like I, <laughs> yeah. Like if you're going to vaccinate or not, like that's your choice. This is your baby. <laughs> yeah. It's your baby. Do what you want. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so it was, it was, that I think that is the difference. My my responsibility is to do what they wanted for this baby and to yeah. make sure that I was doing what I could yeah. for this baby. And so in you didn't like ever feel any like contention towards their choices. Like, I mean, and obviously this is still, I just, sometimes I have control issues, but like you and I were talking about last night, how I was like, oh man, I'm jealous that one of my family members gets to go see my daughter and I don't like- yeah. Like you don't ever have that kind of, like you love her and you're attached Mm -hmm. to her, but it's not like, ah, my family has to see her and I don't, what the heck? Yeah, (laughs) no, no. Even though like they, they spent a lot of time here in Utah before and after Mm -hmm. uh, baby was born. So they're awesome. They wanted to be my family. And I was like, great, let's, you know, so they know they have address. They've sent like gifts and things, but really there is no, it was just like, there really is no like ownership or, or feeling like it was possessive, like my baby. Um, yeah. It really is just their family from the beginning. It was their family. They came and visited and now they're leaving. So, okay. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love the way that you put that. So um, now we're going to get like a little deep here. Though. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not too deep, but <laughs> what was the hardest part about this for you? It took a toll on my marriage. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I don't want to admit that just because, well, yeah, nobody wants to admit that it was hard on anything's hard on the marriage yeah. or anybody struggling. But for sure, um, I was disconnected from my body. Pregnancy before, uh, it was it was like kind of bringing us together. Yeah. And now that there's this other baby growing in there, and I love that baby, but it was but it was he, a had, he had no <laughs> I don't know how great it is. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. If that's not appropriate, I'm you sorry. can just bleep that out. But I mean, I think it's funny, so I'm leaving it. <laughs> the baby was a barrier between us. <laughs> um, it wasn't something that brought us together. Um, obviously, like my husband was on board and he loved this baby too, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely intimacy lacked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, which and then postpartum, you know, oh, I yeah. I was prepared because I got postpartum with all other three of my babies. And um, so I knew what I was ex- going into. Mm-hmm. And then it resurfaced um, in a totally different way without having a baby there. Yeah. Um, body image was weird as hell. Oh, yeah. I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a huge, you know, you have this post baby body and, and no baby no to baby. show for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, th- I think it would be, I can only imagine um, the emotional pain going through it and then having to walk around, like physically just feel all mm-hmm. this beautiful work that your body did, but yeah. also just really nothing to hold on to afterwards. I think that is, that would be so hard. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking of that. I mean, in my, you know, I had a post baby body without a baby and it was, I like almost went through this manic phase where I was like, but it's fine. Yeah. Like I did this 
the great thing for this other family and then and then totally skipped over I was like but I'm fine I'm fine (laughs) so do you think that like you had some sort of grief to work through there whether it's like grief for the body that you had before grief for the positivity you felt and so like you like you still had to work through grief yeah grief for my body for sure and then like this weird sense of like wanting to share with people Mm -hmm. almost like validate my body validate where my body was yeah yeah but like the difference between in my head like it was always a positive thing that I got to share. Yeah. It felt positive to me. Yeah. And an adoption, it is positive, but sometimes it's probably what I could imagine not feel like there's sometimes that it really freaking blows. Yeah. But you know, the majority, 95% <laughs> of the time, it's awesome. That 5% is rough. Yeah. But just like sharing. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I feel like women have, at least for me, I'm speaking for myself. I feel like I do have to have an excuse for you're right yeah (laughs) and then this weird uh, like hormonal phase and uh going after it with that baby going on it's like yeah so that was that was a yeah grief I would have never put a word to it but yeah I think I was going through a little bit of grief not with like baby yeah obviously and I mean like and this is one thing that talking with my therapist she was Mm -hmm. like you can go through grief about anything like, I understand that you're probably still experiencing grief because you have, you, you haven't bounced back as quickly as you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that's okay to grieve about. Mm-hmm. You're okay to have these feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, and I get that one too, though, because I feel like this is just the world. The world has conditioned us to think this way and everybody has to be this perfect little body. Mm-hmm. And when I see people at the store, like I, in my head, I think, Wow okay, am I bigger or am I smaller than them? I'm going to compare myself to them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass judgment. But then if I see a woman with a baby with a few extra pounds, then it's like, oh, there's, look at her. It's so like, and it's like (laughs) a beautiful thing that she has these lumps and rolls. And (laughs) yeah. And so that's, I understand completely because going out in public and things are still, like still a couple muffin tops here and there. Yeah. My roles that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> like that's, it's like, you feel like you have to tell people all over and over. I did this. I did this. Yeah. But I just don't have the proof right here in front of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone gives uh, a little bit of grace yeah. for a new mother or, mm-hmm. yeah. Or even if they didn't have that baby physically themselves and they're just carrying around a new baby. It's like, yeah. You automatically just have this difference of body image. What weird that yeah. we're talking about body image? Hey, you know I what? Mean, it's, it's like okay. very valid. Look, now we're like last podcast on the left. We just went yeah. on a tangent. <laughs> Back to Dahmer. Back. We're <laughs> getting on track. Oh man! All right. Well, so then you know, I just kind of like to close my episodes with words of love support and advice for all members of the triad because you are here you know I want you to kind of add in we can do words of advice for hopeful adoptive parents and also couples looking to get paired with a gestational carriers Uh, oh my gosh the only things that really come to my mind is families look so different and everybody's family is beautiful as it is Sometimes mm-hmm. as like dysfunctional as it is, 
know. I mean, so would you say that like, you know, families are beautiful. They're all different. They're all different. And they all come together in different ways. Yeah. You get where you need to be. There is, there's more to becoming a parent than conceiving or adopting. Yes. There are so many other options out there. Yeah. So many avenues. So many avenues. Like your baby is there waiting to find you. They're going to find you. Yeah. I feel like your baby and you and your family and your, your adoptive family or birth moms or whatever Mm -hmm. would have teamed up in the previous life and you guys made a plan and now you're in it and you don't know and you're blindfolded right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But things are going to line up the way that you know, sometimes you decided to. All right. Like, so. I love that. Okay. So what words would you have for any potential expectant mothers, birth mothers, or those looking into surrogacy or gestational carrying? Someone who's going to be growing a baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for one, just like stay grounded, know who your support system is, lean on them. They want you to. And really just trust the process, whatever process you're going through. Um, there's help out there. There's like professional help. You know, they know what you're going to be feeling and it's okay to feel everything. It, you should feel everything. And then just trust that it's going to line up the way it needs to. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> that was like one of the hardest things for me, like going through, like leading up to placement was like, is this all going to work out? What if they back out? Yeah. What yeah. if I all of a sudden flip a switch and decide yeah. I don't want to do this anymore? Like, I don't think I would, but what if oh, I do? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Stay grounded. And then lastly, what words do, would you have for adoptees or in this case, these babies that come from gestational carriers? Like when they ask about how they got here, Where's their oven? (laughs) (laughs) Me personally, I think just to keep things simple, just to be honest, you know, yeah, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of like a heartache and things that you went through to get that baby here. And I think just being open with them is for the first, of course, they would feel loved Mm -hmm. just knowing that you went through all the work um, to get them there, whatever the route is. What is the correct term for a baby that has resulted? What is that? Like adoptee is to birth mom as <laughs> I will I'll have to as that. dessert out of the <laughs> oven is to gestational <laughs> carrying. <laughs> I oh I, well, I don't know. What do you have for your little baby dessert that you baked? In your um, oven? I have it on my like papers. Can we pause this for one second? Yeah, we can pause that. Let me because we always just call them dads. The dads. Well, well, not the dads. I'm talking about. The baby, the, the human baby. that you created, what, what words do you have for her? Oh. Words of support for her, towards her, like, <laughs> for her baby. Like the purpose of that question is like, I want to be able to give support to everybody involved in the triad. So like when mm-hmm. I asked it slash answered it for myself, it was like adoptees. Like, I know that you can be upset about your story and I just want you to know that you're loved and that you're birth mom you know, did this for you. Uh So like, if this baby was ever to come to you and be like, you're like my mom, but you're not my mom. But like, these two men are driving me nuts. Can I come live with you now? Like, yeah, like, okay. You know, no. (laughs) What would you say to these kids? (laughs) I would say if she were, okay, like 
12 years from now, she's like, like going to be a teenager. And if she were to reach out and like want to talk to me, if, if we had no contact before and they mm-hmm. weren't open about it, yeah, I, I really just lay out the rules. Like I really was just carrying you. I like, you are no part of me as much as I do love you. Ouch. <laughs> like, Ouch. Were, like you, were you no are part, not a part of me. You are no part of like, <laughs> you're, I love you so much, but I'm yeah. not your mom. I'm not your mom. And yeah. I don't know if it's okay to say like, you don't have a mom <laughs> like you have yeah you you came from an egg from a donor mm-hmm. that was a female <laughs> you know yeah. like just as sperm like you know, obviously I like you have some that sperm donors, there, but yeah yeah I don't know if that's crude or really bad to say I'm sorry you can cut out whatever you want but yeah people <laughs> say like sperm donors and then you know yeah but they're I don't know what the word is for just besides egg donor I really do think that it is just an egg donor because yeah. there's like but like people mm-hmm. call men that just aren't there egg donors. Yeah. But you can't, yeah. you, you can never just end up with an egg donor yeah, you that just, just decides that they're not going to be there. Like this is an yeah. active, like a very invasive procedure that they have to go through. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I would just really direct her back to her dads that did all the, you know, yeah. they went through so much, so much to get her here. And if they're willing to sit down with, you know, she should be willing to sit down and listen to what they have to say yeah and also just is she wanted so wanted is she loved so loved so loved wanted cared for yes does she have the whole world (laughs) like ahead of her she has her whole family that loves her and then she also has this bonus family that she does loves her too go bonus yeah (laughs) bonus family (laughs) (laughs) all right well I think that you just busted out your very first ever podcast episode. Ah. All right. So I just want to thank everybody for listening and be sure to tune in again. We, I plan to bring on lots more guests. I want to bring people on to talk about all different aspects of adoption, anything that could possibly be close to adoption. (laughs) I just want to get it all out there. And then Lastly, one disclaimer, we are not affiliated with LDS Family Services and they are no longer an adoption agency. They used to be, but they are no longer. So be sure that you are looking for resources that are active when looking for profiles, couples, education, you know, all the good stuff. Find the good stuff. All, the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. And I will be back for the next episode. Woo-hoo.